attention to detail. I see you got the. Uh huh. This mm-hmm. is like really set up, like really nice. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I got a lot of crap, and there was no room for all my like <laughs> sports stuff. You know. No, if I had enough room, oh. I would do something like this in my house. All my Cleveland gear. Well, thanks again for coming. Yeah. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. My guest today has been described many times as your favorite NBA player's favorite photographer. Her lens has captured some of the game's biggest stars in some of their most intimate behind-the-scenes moments. Her name has become an iconic watermark that provides instant credibility for the next generation of hoopers who are coming up. She's used to being behind the lens, but today she's behind the mic and here on camera in the zone. Cassie Athena, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm (laughs) excited. Cassie, uh, I mean, let's just start at the very beginning. And like, how did you get into the world of photography? Because it's really like, what was your introduction to picking up a camera and seeing it in your mind's eye, knowing like this is something I might want to do creatively, whether it was with basketball or or just something else. It started when I was little. My dad used to love to take pictures as kind of like a hobby. And he'd take pictures of me and my little brother. And so I always associated taking photos with capturing memories. And then as I got older, whatever little camera he had laying around, I would take pictures of family or friends. When I got into college, I played basketball, Mm. and then I started capturing my teammates, the guys' team, and I I really had this love of sports photography. So I worked as a cashier at a sporting goods store, saved up all my money, bought my first introduction camera, and it was the pictures now when I look back were not that great, but it was just like I kind of had the vision to capture these moments. And then after I graduated college is when the NBA lockout happened. Mm -hmm. And somebody had told me about the Drew League and how there was a bunch of NBA players at some small gym. And I didn't really believe it. I'd never been down to Watts before. And I drove down there by myself. And, like, everybody just embraced me. And I was the only person taking photos at the Drew League. So I started taking pictures of James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, like, Nick Young, like, just L.A., really dope guys. And then from there, you know, I started, hey, here's some pictures I shot. They'd post them on Twitter. Um, The next couple years, Instagram got bigger. And I kind of just like throughout the years became like this lifestyle photographer because none of the big companies would hire me. They're like, you're not a real photographer. Nobody cares what players are wearing or doing off the court. Mm -hmm. And now that's all they care about. So it's kind of like I did it because I couldn't get the access everybody else could, but it ended up working out in the long run. Well, you've gotten to travel all over the country, all over the world with this. I Mm -hmm. know you even were able to go to China with Steph Curry, which is an incredible experience. But before we dive too (laughs) far into that, I like to ease into things here on In the Zone. And our first segment is called Starters, brought to us by our friends over gold belly and i know that when you went to china with steph curry you raved about that chinese food over there right yeah. it was like the most authentic noodles you've ever had i mean tell me a little bit about that yeah i mean i was out there a company had flown me out and all the plans fell through the day before i got there so i ended up linking with steph and was like can i shoot your sneaker launch this and that and you know we ended up going around um and with that and i also got to try hot pop for the first time with the noodles and Everywhere we'd go, like the people I was with, they they were from out there. So they would 
get me like the most authentic Chinese food. And it was amazing. Like everything there was really cool. Well, we couldn't get you food all the way from China, <laughs> but I did get my favorite Chinese food in the entire country, courtesy of Gold Belly, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, oh my God. This is James Beard award-winning chef Ming Tsai. Oh my Chicken chow mein. Wow. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> voila. Yes, there you go. Oh my God, this looks amazing. This is legit. And, you know, to wash it down, of oh course, we've got some slivovitz. <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh my God. We're taking a shot. We're doing it. So tell me why you freaking out. What is this? Because my mom is from Serbia and this is a very Serbian alcohol, slivovitz. So. Well, here you go. Here, pass me your shot glass and I'll fill this one. Now you can have that. Okay. There you go. Look at this. Yeah, you didn't that's know impressive you... because that's not a common thing to find. So. That's right. Cheers. <laughs> we Cheers. gotta say it's Serbian. Živeli. 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 Mm. Oh yeah, that's Woo. the good stuff. Okay. See, I don't even flinch. <laughs> it's oh. like juice for me. <laughs> that's just juice for you. Yeah, no, it's a little strong, but. It, good. it goes down smooth. You don't have to eat this now, but I am hungry. I'm going to try this. Uh, you know, I definitely want to try some. I right. just don't want to smack on the microphone. I know. Well, uh, take a take a taste of this, Chef mm -hmm. Ming Tsai. Oh my god! This is like this has won awards all over the country. This is from Boston, one of his spots. Oh my you can god! Get it on Gold Belly. I know it's not you know all the way in China, but how does no, it compare? This is really good. This tastes really authentic. Okay. I'm taking all of this home with me. You got it. You got it. All right. Well. I know it's not quite like China, but still. No, know. that was amazing. <laughs> the noodles are really good. Yeah. They're good, right? Yeah. I know. That's good. Yeah. They're my favorite Chinese food in the country. Now, a question that I ask all my guests here is what does it mean to you to get in the zone? You hear professional athletes talk about it all the time, that place where they're just like yeah. focused, tunnel vision, and like they, they put up a shot, feel like they're shooting into the ocean. They can't miss. They're just, uh, everything slows down around them. Yeah. For you, obviously you were a basketball player, so you probably experienced some of that as an athlete, but now as a photographer, mm -hmm. what does it mean to you to get in the zone? I mean, I definitely notice when I'm at games or I'm shooting, I really do lock in. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of don't hear anything around me. And I feel like the hardest part is when I'm taking photos and the moment is so exciting and you want to scream and move, but you have to stand still and capture the moments. That's really when it's the most testing for me as a photographer because on the inside, I'm screaming like, oh, the game winner. But on the outside, I'm like, you got to capture it. So yeah. that's kind of how I get in my zone is prioritizing that moment, capturing that moment versus kind of celebrating it in the moment. So. And does it come automatically for you or are there things you have to do, tips, tricks you've learned how to get in that zone when needed and how do you stay there? That's a good question. I feel mm -hmm. like a part of it kind of comes naturally and also practice over time. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I first started, it was like, I'll get excited about everything and then I was missing moments. So I think it's mm -hmm. just like, for me, what I prioritized was being able to capture moments so people could relive them forever. Yeah. So that's kind of like my priority list when it yeah. comes to that. But uh, as far as tips and tricks, I think it's just like, if you really love photography and capturing that moment, you just have to learn to prioritize it and that's it. So. To you, what makes a great sports photographer? First and foremost, you have to fall in love with the craft of taking photos. Mm -hmm. I never started taking photos so I could meet famous NBA players. I thought I would never even take pictures of NBA players. Yeah. I was really just capturing my friends, capturing moments. And I feel like the thing that kind of sets me apart is I captured the emotions mm -hmm. that come during the game, whether it's a summer league where it's two players that are 
family members hanging out or, or capturing them on the sidelines. I kind of try to capture the emotion yeah. versus just a straight technical dunk, which I love those pictures as well. But sure. I feel like I want people to feel emotional when they see my photos. So I kind of tend to I tend to mix like the technical with the emotional. And I think that's what makes a great sports photo or yeah. photographer. Well, you obviously have an incredible eye. Your work speaks for itself. A great follow. You've got, you know, obviously your personal account, but also Cassie Athena Photography. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing work that people can check out if they're not familiar. But how much of being a great photographer and what you do comes with that eye for the shot? And how much of it is also about just like your vibe, your persona, because you get some of the biggest stars, biggest athletes to share yeah. some of their most intimate private moments and welcome you into that circle. And yeah. some of that goes beyond just photography skills. That's also yeah. who you are as a person. What, you know, combination of that or what's more important in yeah. the success that you've had? I think that's interesting because I, because I was an artist, I went to school for animation, so I was around a lot of other artists, mm. and I feel like sometimes people tend to focus too much on the art and not enough on having social skills and being able to be relatable or personable, yeah. and that's, all, that's a skill in itself to do. So I feel like for me as a photographer, photography is important, but I feel like the majority of my access comes from my personal relationships, being trustworthy, following through with my word, being just pleasant to be around these guys. And so, because there's a lot of great photographers out there that don't have the access that I do. So I feel like it's it's a big part. I don't know what the percentage, it might be 50-50, it might be more personality <laughs> yeah, yeah. than pho photography. But I mean, first and foremost, you have to be able to take great photos quickly. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, kind of be able to be around these circles and, and feel like you just blend in. You don't want to make it feel like you're a burden or any of that stuff. So. Yeah, because you're not just like credentialed photographer number 12 at the big game. <laughs> yeah. You are at these like intimate private runs that are yeah. happening in the summer and the off season. Yeah. Yeah. birthday parties, events, experiences. What's some of the most unique, rare, kind of like behind the scenes experiences, moments, circles that you've ha had an access to and, and been a part of? Yeah, I mean, there's been out. so many things. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, everything from like, I got to follow Steph Curry around for All-Star Weekend in LA a few years yeah. ago. And we went to everything from, you know, Family Feud to The Ellen Show and, yeah. you know, just like cool stuff with his family. Um, some of my closer friends, like Josh Richardson, stuff with like Stanley Johnson, Andre Drummond, like mm -hmm. I've gotten to like stay with these guys for multiple days at a time, capture their friends, family. So, and of course, like the runs, I mean, I got to shoot Steph Curry's 30th birthday. Like there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff that I've That's gotten crazy. access to. And that really comes with trust from their part, you know? Have so. you ever felt conflicted about taking a photo about getting a shot maybe you're there for this intimate private moment and you yeah. know it would make potentially an iconic photo but oh yeah you just feel a little conflicted about taking that shot actually the one thing that really stands out to me is I was at the team USA game when Paul George broke his leg oh, on the floor yeah and after that all the players were just like messed up yeah. and so I was walking around uh, the hotel lobby it was probably like four in the morning and I saw the head coach Coach K, he was sitting there in the casino, but he was just sitting at a chair and he just had his head down and he was just by himself. Wow. And I was like, I mean, I 
a, a part of me wanted to capture it to show this is how real like the emotion is from tonight. Right. But also I was like, I don't know him. I want to keep his space. Yeah. It felt a little too like paparazzi. Yeah. But I still felt like that moment summed up like the emotions of the whole game. Mm. Um, and I probably could have shot it on my phone, but it just felt like a little too personal. So yeah. that's like one moment where I was like, just let this kind of happen. Yeah. Um, but mentally, I have this mental image of like, wow, that would have been a powerful you know, but also like a little too personal. So sometimes sure. I do feel conflicted. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, a lot of players that let me in their life, uh, I was shooting Stanley Johnson in Detroit. Yeah. And while I was there, he got traded. And it was like he got traded twice in two days. And he was going through all these emotions. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to film you whether you're in a good mood or not. Yeah. And he's like, all right. So, you know, because that's a part of the process. So mm -hmm. if I'm familiar with the players, they kind of know, like, I'm going to capture the good and the bad, but I'm also careful what I release, make sure that they are on the same page about it. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Well, I like to take a look back at some of your work, some of your career in a okay. segment that we call Rewind, where okay. we're going to take a look back at some of some career highlights of Cassie Athena way back before anyone even knew who you were. So this first one, uh. we're going way back. <laughs> all right. And uh, I want to know exactly what it is that was going on behind this and how this came to be. Okay. We do our research. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow, this is really throwback. <laughs> really throwback. This is before the Drew League stuff, before anything. So oh, wow. this is... <laughs> I mean, do you want to do you want to explain what's happening here in this? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I wanted I went to school for visual effects and animation and I wanted to be a visual effects artist or yeah. producer. And I entered at this visual effects studio, Zoic, for man, like six months. Yeah. And it was like 17 interns, like, you know, trying to make it and. We split up into two groups and we had to make a project from start to finish using all the elements of, you know, visual effects, mm -hmm. storyline. And my group, like, I mean, both groups, pretty much nobody was that serious, but I was the producer. I was serious. And I ended up having to do almost everything in that. So I like the main character in there is a guy from my high school. My dad's in it. I made all the costumes. I made the props. Uh, we even like got a police officer friend of ours to come be with us so we didn't have to get a permit because we didn't want to film. You know, <laughs> yeah, I borrowed yeah. a camera. I learned how to edit, filmed it, everything. Like I did everything except yeah. some of the 3D elements that the other guys did. Mm -hmm. um, and we ended up, our group ended up winning, winning it. And I got a job there and I worked there for about a year and a half, two years before I just dove into basketball. But yeah, most people don't know that I was like into visual effects and movie production. And yeah. I'm like very technical when it comes to you know, this kind of stuff with the For cameras. Sure. I could, you know, nerd out on all that, you know, good technical stuff. Yeah. So I love all of that. I mean, you're still doing it. I yeah. mean, you did it back then and, yeah. you know, refining <laughs> your way. And then who knew? Like, if I told... Uh, Cassie Athena back then who was working <laughs> on that project what you would be doing today what would you even like I don't say? think I could comprehend it because right? it wasn't a job that existed you know yeah like, I created my own job so I probably would have been in like I would have probably doubted it. Like, that doesn't even mm. seem real. Well, respect to that. <laughs> I always say when I graduated from college, my dad said to me, congrats. Now what? What do, what do you want <laughs> right. to do? What's and nice? I said, what I want to do hasn't been invented yet. I want to invent my own dream job. Yeah. And, you know, it's. Uh, I feel like more more people in the younger generation kind of have that mindset of yeah. like, I'm going to 
figure it out and blaze my own path, my own trail. And that's definitely something that you've done and had great success at it. Yeah. You mentioned the Drew League yeah. was really a moment for you, like a catalyst that went off. So mm -hmm. let's take a look at this next clip and okay. you can explain some of what happened back <laughs> okay. in 2011, the Drew League. One of my friends had told me about <laughs> this league down in LA where there was a lot of NBA players coming to play. I really didn't know too much about the Drew League or anything dealing with it, but I decided one day to just drive down there. I brought my camera, <laughs> sat in the stands, took a couple pictures, and it was just packed yep. full of all kinds of people. Everybody from NBA players to overseas players, to rappers, to college players. It was just an unreal experience. That's a lot of talent. <laughs> now, and that summer, Kobe Bryant came yeah. to play. LeBron played Kobe. I mean, what is this moment like? You're there, you know, photographing this, that Kobe is in the Drew League hitting game winners. Talk about basketball moments that you've experienced. Oh, man, this is uh, actually bad. Um, I got hired at the visual effects studio, and it yeah. was my first week. And then they, I heard Kobe was going to be there, and I had to decide whether I get fired or I go. So I actually missed it. So. Oh, you weren't at that? No. Wow. That oh, was like man. one of the most heartbreaking. I was like, oh, my God, Kobe was what? literally like 20 minutes away from my job. Yeah. And I really debated going, but I was like, ah, uh, like I wouldn't have a job. So. Right, right. So, uh, wow. yeah, I wasn't well, there. <laughs> the Drew League, you missed Kobe and yeah. his insane performance at Drew League, but people have probably heard of the Drew League now. Yeah. What was it like back then? Because it's very different. Totally this is, different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then it was in a really small park um, and it was just so crowded in there. Yeah. And there was maybe like two guys with video cameras. I was the only photographer and it was just raw basketball. Mm. It was local players from L.A. It was NBA players and they could all come together and really just play basketball. And then over the years, it's kind of gotten a lot bigger, commercialized. And so a lot of players, when they show up, it's like local guys or whoever's coming want to you know, make a, a statement, and yeah. then they, they try to, like, injure the NBA players. So now NBA players don't really go anymore. So it's, like, the dynamic has they changed a lot. They injure the NBA Yeah, players? because if I dunk on an NBA player, I'm going to go viral. Heck? So it's wow. more about, like, trying to do whatever it takes to, to go viral, and I think it turns off a lot of the authentic basketball stuff. And that's not just a Drew League. That's any league or run or whatever. So that's why it's so cool, these private runs, because it's really just kind of more so based about playing basketball and not trying to go viral. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very careful not to post in the private runs, like if you get dunked on. So that's not incentive for you to mm. try to dunk on someone because it's not getting posted. So Interesting. Yeah, the so that's that's been an issue, but that's just a part of social media and wanting to get that attention. And, you know, there are local players that have gone viral from the Drew League, you know, that are now have careers and stuff. So For sure. Yeah. And, but this, you know, getting into the Drew League and when you first showed up, I mm -hmm. mean, did you know anyone there? Like, how did that even come to be? Like, not as many people knew the Drew League yeah. back then. It got big in 2011 because of the NBA lockout. So yeah. as we saw in that video clip, so many different big stars wanted to play Kobe, yeah. LeBron, KD, Harden, yeah. Russ, so on and so forth, because they just needed a run and it got blew up but it was kind of like perfect timing for yes. you to be there but like <laughs> just your friends saying hey have you seen the drew league like you just showed up with a camera like how how did that even happen so i was a big laker fan and yeah. i was a part of like message boards with other laker fans and there was a couple girls that i would go to you know different laker signings or whatever with and so one of them said hey 
Uh, I heard about this thing called the Drew League. Let's meet up down there. I'll meet you there. Because I didn't want to go by myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Right. And she was like, bring your camera and I'll meet you there. And I'm like, okay. So I drove down there and I sat in there and she never showed up. So I was actually just by myself. I kind of sat in the corner uh, because I did go to Cal State Northridge and we did have mm -hmm. some basketball players. I recognized some of them were there. Um, so I knew like a couple people, but yeah. honestly, I didn't know anyone. I sat in the corner. I was trying to hide and just be out of the way. And some people were like, no, no, go sit closer to the floor. Like you have a camera. Yeah. And then I posted the photos on Twitter and I tagged the Drew League. And the Drew League was like, hey, we like your photos. Uh, you know, we can't pay you, but if you want to come take photos, we'll save you a seat in the front row. And so wow. that's how it happened. I started going all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and they just saved me a seat. And then I started taking pictures. And as I was there every weekend, the players, you know, got familiar. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, let me, you know, post one of your photos. If you didn't go to the Drew League that one day with, yeah. the, you know, the friend from the message board and all that, yeah. do you think you'd be where you are today? You still would have found your path, found your way? Know. Or do you really trace it back to, like, you went, you found something, and, like, yeah. it took off from there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't credit that as being the reason I'm here, but it sure. was definitely like the, the the first door that opened yeah. that led to a series of events. Because going there, I met a few other people that would then invite me to private runs or this and that. So, yeah. yeah, if I didn't go, I'd probably be working in the visual effects production world still because that was like the first thing that opened my eyes and got me access, direct access to these players. And back then, they weren't as famous as they are now, but... Yeah. They're still pretty big, and I wouldn't have known how to meet them without that. So. so amazing to me how like we can look back on these little choices and decisions we made yeah. to see the huge impact. But in the day-to-day -day moment, it's like, oh, should I go to this or not? <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't see it forward the other way. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned a moment that was maybe a big catalyst for you in your career after that to kind of take you up a notch, be more recognized on a global stage, and that's LeBron James. <laughs> posting your photos with your watermark on yeah. it, tagging you, giving you photo cred. Tell us a little bit about this private run that you got to shoot at. This was crazy. I was flying to New York for Fashion Week to shoot Victor Oladipo, and mm. I got there early, and Chris Brickley runs this run out yeah. there, and I showed up, and I was like, hey, can I come to your run? I'd never been to his runs, and he was like, LeBron's coming. I'm like, okay, I'll show up. So I showed up. Uh, There's like 10 other photographers there and then LeBron's bodyguard came in and was like everybody shut it down No cameras, no phones, nothing. And I was like, wait a second Like I just flew from LA and so yeah. I was kind of going back and forth with his bodyguard <laughs> yeah. who had no clue who I was right. I had never even met LeBron and um, You know and then I went to talk to Chris and Chris didn't want any conflict So I was right. like, all right, so I walked over to the bodyguard and I was like look you know, I'm not a random photographer. I didn't even know he was coming, you know. And I was kind of going off. And then uh, LeBron just got up and walked over and hugged me. He's like, thanks for coming and like walked away. And I was like, in my head, I was like, what just happened? But on the outside, I got to remain. And yeah. I was like, so we good now? And the yeah. bodyguard was like, yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> so I was the only person allowed to shoot this run. Wow. Then immediately after, I posted all the photos. And then he reposted them and gave me photo credit. And apparently he was wearing like a Versace Kith collaboration during yeah. Fashion Week. It was just like the mixture yeah. of everything. Tom Brady started commenting. Then it was like all over the Internet. It was like one of the craziest viral moments. Wow. And I just had so much respect because LeBron didn't have to do that. He didn't have to say like, like he must have known who I was, but he didn't have to do that. Sure. And then also post my photos and give me credit. So that really was like a big time. Do you remember point. the moment going on your phone seeing, oh, new notification? Oh, yeah. LeBron I was in my James. hotel room and I started screaming. And I usually don't get like <laughs> yeah, excited yeah. about stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like 
This is great. Because I wasn't thinking it. I just landed early and had some free time. And I didn't wow. know LeBron was going to. I was going to show up whether or not LeBron right. was there. And this was right before he came to the Lakers. So wow. it uh, was cool. You talk about photocred. He gave you photocred. For yeah. what you do, how big is that in, in what you do? It's huge. Yeah. And that's why I started putting my watermark on mm. photos in the positions that I do. Because yep. when I was in college and I would post them and I put my watermark in the corner and the local college dudes would crop it off and mm. post on Facebook. And to me, it was just very disrespectful because you're not getting, you're not paying for those photos. Yeah. I'm buying the camera, my time, driving out, editing. You know, I'm doing a lot, and the least I should get is photo credit. So, yeah. and most of these guys, like capturing a moment like this, it's like it's cool for my portfolio to shoot LeBron. So, I wasn't really thinking either way if he was gonna do it, but when he did it. It's like he's generating traffic towards my page, supporting my business, yeah. helping me get more jobs so I can continue to do stuff like this. So to me, it was like the ultimate sign of respect. For it sure. was like I went from like, you know, I, I was never really like super huge on following LeBron because I was always a Kobe fan. It always felt like you had to be <laughs> one or the other. But after that, I was like, I'm the biggest LeBron fan. He's done yeah. more to help my career than players I've known for years. So Wow. He, like who? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be gossip. Yeah, yeah spill the tea. Yeah, <laughs> but there's definitely players I've followed from high school to the yeah. NBA, and they don't really invest. And then LeBron, who's basically a stranger at that point, knew the importance of like helping. And LeBron doesn't always give photo credit to other photographers. Yeah. So I noticed if he really respects you and likes you, that's when he gives you photo credit. So. I'm glad you mentioned the watermark, too, because this really has become iconic. I remember when I first met you, I was like, oh, please take my photo because like, I want a picture with the watermark on it. That's the first I, thing you said. I know. It is. I was, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was like, shameless, you know, always. I uh, love the camera. Uh, but that watermark has become iconic. And even now, you've turned it into apparel. And NBA players are like begging you for a Cassie Athena shirt and yeah. hoodie and the gear and all that. How does that make you feel when you see these huge NBA stars rocking your name on their chest and that they feel the same way that I did yeah. when they get a Cassie Athena photo <laughs> with that stamp. It's like, oh, it kind of like I made it as a different level as yeah. a validation. I mean, it's awesome. I feel like when I first started, a lot of photographers, especially photographers were like, your watermark is ugly. You know, photos with watermarks are ugly. Don't do that. And I was like, I want to protect my work on the internet. You know, Ooh, I want to get credit. And then, like, I noticed the only people complaining were just, like, random people. It was never, <laughs> like, big NBA players. Yeah, yeah. You know, James Harden is posting it and Nick Young, whoever. Right. LeBron James posting my watermark. Yeah. I was like, nobody can ever complain again. If LeBron is not complaining, nobody. So I feel like, you know, then I decided to kind of put my watermark on a shirt, kind of like a joke. Like, if you don't get a watermark photo, you can at least have my name on your shirt and it looks like you have it yeah and some of the people around me were like that's a stupid idea nobody would ever wear your name on a shirt like why would they a lot of people including the guy that printed my original shirts like, <laughs> he was like <laughs> he's like don't do it it's a waste of money you know and I was like I'm very stubborn and I do what I want so yeah. I was like I'm gonna do it mm -hmm. and then when I saw the reaction of players were like I need it I need it you know yeah. then now it's turned into like a whole clothing line and I have shorts hoodies t-shirts masks you know wild. and they rock it they like yeah. proudly rock it to NBA tunnels all that stuff so it just wow. makes me glad that I follow my intuition and no matter what outside noise is coming, I'm like locked in, like we said earlier, in the zone. You're in the zone. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, this went viral. It was obviously a big viral moment for you, but mm -hmm. also 
This next clip that we're going to show was something that went viral too. This is, I, feel I think like you, I know. you probably know because when you say the word viral, this is probably what comes to mind from your Through the Lens series that you did. Yeah. And people probably don't realize it was a video clip, not yeah. just a photo. So let's see this here. And then I think people who are checking this out will recognize this meme that went all over and the Nick place. And Nick would just come in like a little kid Nick and Young take and the bar mom. from him and do some crazy act and leave. If that boy ever take it serious, he'd be great. But he was a clown then. <laughs> that has become such an iconic image that I've seen for years all over social media and the internet. When you're there, just documentary style, like in a player's life, do you have any idea like, that, like that, this funny look, anything could become something? Like, uh, Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> That, I think that comes from my motion graphics background and wanting to add cool little graphics within my documentary that I'm filming. Yeah. And so like that clip specifically, if you watch the original, it's just like, it's like a second, right. not even a second. You'd never notice it. But for me, I was like, I have to pause it, add question marks. So I really figured out like the best way, the timing. It took like two, three days to get it perfect. Wow. And I remember people around me were like, why are you so obsessed with this? Like, yeah. who cares? I'm like, I don't know. I need to add question marks. Like I need to. And then it ended up being one of the most viral moments in like the world. So it's kind of wild that something I filmed in my house and edited has been seen by billions of people. So. That is wild. Yeah. But again, it's you trusting your gut, trusting your intuition. To yeah. Like, yeah, there's something here. And yeah. it is. It's like when obviously, you know, Nick Young, Swaggy P pretty well. Like, yeah. uh, what was his reaction to this little quick moment in his life? It was like a nothing thing right. becoming viral that literally billions of people have seen that face. Yeah. I think at the beginning, both him and I didn't think twice about it. Yeah. It wasn't like a big deal because right. there's a lot of graphics like that in that video. Um, but as it started to get viral, I think he was just as surprised as I was. Yeah. And we started seeing around the Internet and he was just kind of <laughs> like, you know, it, it threw both of us off guard. But we both definitely appreciate it because it's, it's changed a lot of stuff. So Is there a think. science to that? Is like, how do you how do you even do that? It's just like you don't it's, know. I feel like it's so random. Right. Like what makes a meme go viral? I don't know. Like. Uh, but I, I'm glad mine was one of the ones that, that fit right? in the criteria of it. So For sure. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite work that you've ever done are your series of portraits. And you've done hundreds and hundreds of these incredible portraits, many yeah. of them shot on film like these we're about to see right here. Uh, first, uh, a question that our crew wants to know, because mm -hmm. they're also you know geeking out, is <laughs> what do you shoot this on? Like, what camera do you use? These are disposable cameras. Like, disposable yeah, cameras? Yeah, like Kodak and Fujifilm disposable cameras <laughs> wow no way yeah like iso 400 800 they're pretty like low quality cameras it's just a little yeah. i actually have one with me in my bag right now. you better take a picture so i get the water it's just literally but, like yeah. this <laughs> that's, wow that's wild so yeah. what why are you drawn to with all this technology and the digital age and era why are you still drawn to this old school kodak disposable camera i definitely feel like i was looking around the music world and what photographers were kind of doing there and, mm. and just looking around to see what captured my eye. And I saw yeah. a few people using film cameras, um, but I, I wanted something very easy and quick. So I bought a couple of disposable cameras and people went crazy. Like the yeah. players love them. Uh, the film is like a very grungy, like old yeah. school look, but with new school players. So right. I started doing it and now it's it's wild because I was doing it for maybe five years now. And now NBA teams hand out disposable cameras to their players, you know, to shoot mm -hmm. pictures. So I feel like it's definitely picked up as a trend in the NBA specifically. Yeah. 
Um, but I just love it. I, I always take one digital and then I'll shoot a film. So at least I have both. Right. Um, but people seem to love these photos even more than like some digital photos. Yeah, it's incredible. You've taken hundreds of thousands of photos over your career. Yeah. And thousands of portraits of some of the biggest stars in the NBA. Are there any that are your favorite or when I ask you that question, even though like one pops in your mind? I think the first one... Uh, that most people would think about is Russell Westbrook mm -hmm. uh, because he had just won MVP. He showed up to a high school AAU tournament, and that's when I was like, hey, can I take a portrait of you? And I never asked players to do that. Yeah. And he you know, was like kind of hesitant. was like, okay, hurry and get it. And I took this portrait, and I turned it black and white for some reason, and like people just went crazy for it. And that's the photo that started me shooting a portrait series. Wow. And then after that, every workout I would go to, and most of these portraits are done at the end of a workout. Yeah. They're sweating. They're tired. Um, and I love that about specifically working with a lot of athletes mm. is they just – they don't care about being perfect. They want you to capture like what they really Real. look like. Yeah, they don't yeah. need to have a perfect haircut or whatever. It's just yeah. capture me. Yeah. Um, so I just started capturing portraits like that, and it's kind of taken off. But the Russell Westbrook one is cool. I mean, I've shot so many players. I don't know. <laughs> like Bam Adebayo, you yeah. know, Tyler Hero. Those are really cool ones. Carmelo Anthony. Like, I just try to get that intimate moment. You, I mean, you photographed every iconic NBA player over the last, you know, decade yeah. plus. Is there one athlete you haven't worked with yet, you haven't had a chance to shot, that if, you know, we could wave a magic wand and, <laughs> and grant that wish come true, who would it be? In the basketball world specifically? Or or just in general, anybody. But oh. obviously you're known for the yeah. basketball world, so it could be in that. But, yeah. but it, really, a any realm, is there yeah. someone, if you could shoot, with anyone for a day, for an yeah. hour, who would it be? Wow. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the two players that kind of come to mind would be like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic because I'm Serbian, they're Serbian. I can and tell I feel like that. I have not really shot them yeah. ever. So I think it would be cool to kind of capture I love like promoting like Serbia, where my family's from. Just bring them some yeah. slivets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I feel like they represent our country in such a cool way yeah. and put on for, you know, basketball. So I feel like those would be cool because yeah. I just don't have relationships with them. Um, yet. But, yeah, not yet. Yeah. But, you know, I have I have met a lot of really cool, like, Serbian players and, like, Bogdan Bogdanovic or Croatian players. You know, there's, like, so many cool people I've met um, that speak the same language and stuff. So that's kind of sure. cool. But... I feel like as far as just like American players or just non-Serbian players, I've probably worked with just about everybody that I could think of. <laughs> well, you mentioned your family with uh, the Serbian roots. And tell me a little bit about your family and the role that they have played in your life, in your career, in, yeah. in your the success that you've had. I mean, it's everything. They're my foundation. They're the ones that really, oh, <laughs> this was Serbian night too. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> At, at Staples Center for the Clippers. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I definitely, like, they're my foundation. They're the ones that supported me. Um, you know, my mom, my mom is from Serbia, and she, like, listening stories of how her family immigrated to this country and, like, the horrific stuff they had to go through just trying to get here. Um, and my mom has that, like, hustle mentality and that just, like, just go for it. Like, don't even stop, you know? And, and my dad, too, like, my dad is... Uh, like his family's descendant of other countries too, but mm. like he's very creative and all that. And so both of my parents, like at first they didn't really understand what I was doing because there was not any kind of security and, mm -hmm. but they just saw how passionate I was and they're like, okay, we're going to help support you. And I honestly would never be here without their support at all. 
Well, so. they've, they've always had your back. And something that most people don't know about you is what you've overcome in your life. And back mm-hmm. in 2009, you encountered a hardship that is uh, really remarkable. Uh, remarkable also because you're not, you haven't allowed yourself to be defined by it. Like people mm-hmm. don't know you for what you've overcome. But yeah. um, I'd love if you could share with with me and with our audience yeah. uh, a little bit about what happened in, in 2009 to you. Yeah. Um, let me try to condense it a little <laughs> okay. shorter. Um, I was I was uh, a junior at Cal State Northridge. Mm. I was an art major, loved sports, and I got this horrible headache one day. And it was so bad when I turned my head, I started blacking out. And wow. I was just like, this is weird. I don't ever get headaches. Yeah. I went down to the school nurse and she was like, oh, you're probably not getting enough rest. It was midterms time. Mm. She's like, you just need to get some sleep. But like, let's see what the doctor says. So the doctor comes in and he's like, it could be from just lack of sleep or you could have a brain tumor. And I was like, okay, this like escalated very quickly. And he's like, I suggest you go to the hospital and get a, you know, CAT scan. So I told my dad and my mom and they were kind of like thrown off guard. Like, no, I don't think it's that. And I'm like, I have like I have to go now if I think there's a tumor. So they took me to the emergency room. And even at the emergency room, they're being kind of rude. They're like, oh, no, a college student with a headache. And I was like, (laughs) "Okay," you know, I'm like, the doctor said it could be a tumor. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And they did scans, and then sure enough, they found something. Uh, They weren't 100% sure it was a tumor at the time, so they kept me for a few days, ran tests. Right away, they knew it was not cancerous, so it was Mm. benign. But they didn't know how long I've had it, and it was in the balanced part of my brain. So they're like, you shouldn't be able to walk without falling over. We don't know how you're, like, functioning. I'm like, I'm an art student. I play basketball. They're like, we don't know. Um, And also, my headache had nothing to do with the tumor. Mm. So it was like the two are not linked at all. So it was, yeah, it was just God, you know, coincidence, all of that. So um, after a couple days, we decided to get a few more opinions, and everybody said, yeah, you need to get it removed. So that was February of 2009. I was probably 21. And then a few months later, in July of 2009, I had scheduled to get surgery because all I was thinking was, I don't want to repeat another year of college. Like, mm-hmm. I felt fine at the time. Even though I know I have this tumor, I still felt fine. So I asked if we could do it in the summer school time. And mm-hmm. so I went uh, in the summer. They shaved, like, the whole back of my head. Uh, I went in the surgery. It ended up, like, the tumor was, I think, they thought, like, this big, and it ended up being, like, almost the size of a walnut in a shell. It was pretty big. Um, and then they said, after we take it out, you're going to have balance issues because now we're poking around that part of your brain. Mm. Uh, and so after the surgery, it was like, imagine spinning around in a circle five times and trying to walk straight for three months straight. So it was like pretty bad. Um, I ended up, I went home. I just slept a lot. You know, my parents really made sure to help take care of me. I had 25 staples in the back of my head. I have a metal plate, like a mesh plate still there. It still hurts if you touch it like back here. Um, And so, like, through that whole experience, I just kept, I got really close to God. I got really close to, like, why, you know, this didn't kill me. I'm here for a bigger purpose. What is that purpose? Because at that point, I'm just coasting through as a college Mm -hmm. student. And then after that, I was like, okay, there's something bigger for me to survive this. And even to this day, I ended up getting, like, a tattoo on my wrist at the time. And it was, like, these three flowers. And it was, like, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's to remind me that God's in control. And I feel like that gave me a big peace of mind. And then through that process, you know, now it's, you know, 2022. So I feel like these last, 
you know, 10 plus years, I could have been dead and I've been here doing as much as I can. So I feel like it gave me a new lease on life to really say like, okay, I'm excited no matter what I do. I've heard people say, why are you excited? You go to games all the time. Why are you so happy? And I'm like, I'm happy to be alive and be here Mm because I could have not. So I think going through experiences like that makes you really appreciate every day because it's not guaranteed. And you know, like, I'm just glad to be here. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have seized the moment, seized the day, and every opportunity yeah. that's come your way made it happen. I, I would never wish for that to happen to anyone, yeah. but in some ways, are you almost grateful that you've gone through that experience for all the reasons that you just listed? I feel like it's the same, like we were talking about earlier, what's a key moment that kind of transitioned, yeah. you know, me to go a certain path? That was definitely like a, a moment that's like kind of woke me up and said, okay, like, take it serious. So as much as it sucked to go through, I am appreciative that I did go through it and I, I came out good on the other end. So, you know, like you got to experience, I appreciate everything I've gone through in my life and I wouldn't change anything. Wow. Well, you're an inspiration. (laughs) And the fact that in doing research for this episode, it's something that I learned for the first time. It's not something that I knew, you know, uh, uh, the, kudos to you on that too, because I think it is an inspiring story, and I'm glad that you're sharing it. But also, you've just you're known for being Cassie Athena, this incredible photographer and storyteller, and you haven't let that moment define you at the same time too. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit for that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now it's time to have a little fun here. We're going to play a fun game. You've worked with almost every player in the NBA. You know tons of them. You've seen them in uh, you know, intimate moments and uh, private runs and all sorts of stuff. We're going to play a game called Association Word Association. Okay. Where I'm going to open this pack of 2020-2021 Panini NBA Hoops trading cards. Okay. And you just give me the first word that comes to your mind when I show you each player. Right, right? I might not know them all. You're going to know everybody. Don't worry. You know everyone. If you don't know, you don't know if it's some player. It's like the from the New Orleans Pelicans. Just still, first thing that comes to your mind, word association. You okay. Know? So it's like, don't Uh-oh. overthink it. You do best when you don't overthink it. Here oh we go. Oh, my gosh. All right. First guy up, Malik Monk. Uh, Turks and Caicos. Okay. Why is that? Why is that the first thing? Uh, I went on this like trip and his mom was a part of it. We all went to Turks and Caicos. <laughs> You're not going to know everybody. Oh yeah. Turks and Caicos with Malik Monk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. With his mom. All right. All right. Yeah. Next player. Oh, you know this player. I, I'm not even going to pronounce his name because I can't do it as beautifully as you. Bogdan. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I say Belgrade, which is the capital in Serbia. So obviously you're Serbian. He's Serbian. Have you gotten to know Bogdan? Spend time with him? Tell me a little bit about him. Bogdan. I I met him uh, when he was with the Kings, and I got to shoot his basketball camp in Serbia. So I flew out there. Him, me, buddy, healed. We all went out there. So that's amazing. Yeah. What was that experience like for you going back to like? The motherland. <laughs> it was cool because I feel like every time I go, I'm with family. Yeah. And now I got to go with a celebrity who's like the man out there. So yeah. I got to see a different like Hollywood style life in right. Serbia. And he was great. His family's great. The camp was really cool. So and they don't get to see NBA players that much. So that was cool to capture it in Serbia, too. So. What a cool experience. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. All right. You're doing pretty well in this pack <laughs> so far. And this next guy, this is this is a good card right here. Kevin Durant. I would say lockout. Mm. That's when I got to really know him and 
he's always he's always been supportive and awesome. So yeah, what's he like? Because I think for people who don't know him the way you do, you yeah. know, personal level, he can have sort of like a a cold or icy demeanor to yeah. the world. Yeah, kind of quiet. Yeah. yeah, a little quiet. But what in your experiences, what is Katie like? I feel like he's just like very <laughs> genuine and down to earth. One time, I gave him a hoodie. And he's like, he held the hoodie up and was like, take a photo of me with the hoodie and post it on your Instagram like you do a video. Yeah. So he like initiated promoting it. So That's amazing. Like, yeah. All right. This is crazy. This next card, because you mentioned him already. Josh Richardson. Oh, my gosh. This is a great backup. I know. I would say best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How did you first meet Josh and and how have you guys become so close? I was in Miami shooting another player and he had messaged me and said, hey, I'm on the Miami Heat. I didn't really know him. And, you know, he flew out to L.A. and he was like, let me take you to a soccer game. So me, him and a couple of his friends went to go watch uh, Manchester United play the L.A. Galaxy. And I was like, this guy is like the coolest, most down to earth person. And since then like he's been my best friend in the nba by far so, wow yeah he's a great person <laughs> that's amazing that's crazy all right this next guy from the indiana pacers miles turner that's my other closest friend in the nba this is my... so like I, him I and will josh give you this pack this is crazy like i ended up introducing the two of them to be friends because what? i was such good friends of both of them <laughs> so they go to uh, for him i'll say um Elite 24, because I met him when he was in high school. Wow. And then uh, in Santa Barbara, their agency, they're both with BDA. They send them to yeah. Santa Barbara to do work together. Yeah. And they were both out there in separate places. I said, you guys need to be friends because you guys are so similar. And then now they're like great friends. And we all hang out together. That's the wild. <laughs> this pack was made for me. <laughs> uh, it kind of is, because this next card is amazing. This is a, a old school cover of Slam Magazine, Kobe Bryant. You're rocking the Kobe jersey. This is like a little too crazy right now. This is like, crazy. I was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say legend. You mm -hmm. know, Kobe. I mean, it still makes me sad to think that him and all those people aren't with us anymore. But yeah. I feel like Kobe is a hero, inspiration. You know, I, I love Kobe forever. So yeah, yeah. legend, yeah. legend. Did you get a chance to to meet Kobe? Uh, Not too much. Yeah. Uh, I think I high fived him once at a game. That's okay. about it. But you know, I I feel like I would have gotten to know him more as years kind of went on. Yeah. Um, I tend to like know more of the younger players. He was a little uh, before I started shooting. For sure. But I knew at some point like we would definitely You'd cross, cross paths. paths. Yeah. yeah. All right. This next player, another good player. This is the greatest pack of basketball cards I've ever opened in my life. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Um. Also from LA, so yeah. Uh, I'm, Hall. I'm good friends with his family too. I would say Drew. I'd say brain tumor, and I have a cool story I almost mentioned earlier, but yeah. I'll say now. Um, I was filming his brother Justin Holiday yeah. for my Through the Lens series, and Drew and his wife Lauren were there. She was pregnant, and um, they they realized my Instagram bio said I had survived a brain tumor. And Justin was like, Lauren has a tumor and nobody knows about it. Can you talk to her about it? And at that time, it was not public knowledge. And mm. I ended up uh, linking up with them again later that night. And I had never met Lauren. I didn't really know her. And she's an amazing, like, Olympic athlete. Right, you know? soccer player. Yeah. So yeah. the two of us were talking. And it ends up she had the same kind of tumor, except hers was on the other side. 
Um, and so hers was causing her to go deaf and blind in one side. Wow. But she was pregnant and she couldn't have surgery until she gave birth. But the hormones were making the tumor grow. So she was oh. going more blind and deaf as she went along. Oh, my. And she was like so freaked out. And it was so amazing that I was able to calm her down and yeah. talk to her through it and say, like, you're going to be okay. And it was wild because a tumor, people, you know, think it sounds like a death sentence. But right. I knew her tumor exactly because it was the same as mine. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to make it. And afterwards, they said that I was the one person that I was able to kind of calm her down. Wow. She ended up having the baby, you know, and I feel like I, I think she still lost her hearing, but most of her eyesight came back. But and she she survived, you know, so I I feel like Drew. I mean, that family is like one of the most amazing families I've ever met. But that was a special moment to me. Wow. Yeah, that's remarkable. This Thanks pack for is it. like amazing. I, I hope I pull I, someone you've never met before. So uh, you don't think that uh, Patrick Williams from the Bulls rookie card. So I used to shoot him in high school. So I would you, say of course you did. You know, every player. I'll say Peach Jam. Okay. Which is the big Nike AU yeah. tournament. I feel like that's where I, I shot him a lot at the Peach Jam. But Amazing. Yeah. All right. And our last one, this is cool. It's a jersey swap card with Bam Adebayo and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, my gosh. This pack is crazy. So, <laughs> Bam, I've been shooting both of them since high school, yeah. too. So, I, what's a word I could say about them? Because I already said Elite 24, and that's where I met them. Mm. Um, I'll say, like, I don't know. Like crazy dunks. Like, yeah. Because, like, those guys, I've captured some of the most awesome moments of them dunking. Uh, Bam is also a really good friend of mine. He yeah. wears all my clothing and That's rocks amazing. it. Donovan, I mean, I was shooting him doing crazy dunks in high school. Wow. Both of them. I met them at the same high school tournament. Wow. So. Wow, this is cool. I knew that everybody. Was that was, yeah, you, you were worried about this. You were like, no, you got personal stories with everybody. Yeah. And speaking of jersey swaps, you got to do a jersey swap after a game with D Wade, with yeah. Dwayne Wade. What was that experience like? I was I had flown down to stay with Josh for a week. Yeah. I had never seen Dwayne Wade play in person. It was his last season. And um as a joke, I posted I posted on uh, Instagram and I kinda knew Dwayne, not super mm. well, but I knew him. And I posted an Instagram story saying um, oh, it'd be so cool to do a jersey swap with Dwayne Wade with my hoodie. Yeah. And he had rolled back and said, like, let's do it, you know? And so the next game, I showed up and I brought one of my hoodies. Um, he gave me the jersey. He signed it to me like he does a player uh, because he he usually will just sign it. But he wrote, like, a whole message. He wrote <sighs> I was the GOAT. Like, it was really cool. It's incredible. And then uh, he was like, hold it up for a picture. So yeah. he made sure that it was, like, a jersey swap moment. Yeah. And to this day, that's the only jersey I have framed in my house. And wow. Dwayne is one of the coolest people I've met. Like, it's hard to believe that he's that big of a legend superstar and just so down to earth. So Yeah. Yeah, wow. that was a pretty cool moment. I think I'm the only girl that did a jersey exchange with him. So That's really <laughs> that was cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. And that's a perfect segue to our next game called Cool, Calm, and Collected because I collect jerseys. Unfortunately, none of mine are autographed by Dwayne <laughs> Wade from a jersey swap situation, but I collect jerseys, cards, sneakers, yeah. T-shirts, homage T-shirts, like this one that I'm rocking, <laughs> super soft and comfortable. I got way too many of them for <laughs> sure. Uh, but Cassie Athena... What do you collect? I collect a lot of things. But Good. I like that. I Making me I, feel normal. Some people yeah, are like, ah, I don't My collect. mom was like, don't show everything you collect. <laughs> I like some cartoon stuff, but I brought... I oh. brought shot glasses. Good, because we need another <laughs> shot, too. This is good. I'm glad you brought shot glasses. Right. So I only brought a couple, like okay. New York, New Orleans. This one's from the Alamo and Graceland. But I actually have like a huge shot glass co collection, and every time I go... Yeah. 
somewhere. I try to collect a shot glass. I love uh, it. A few years ago when L.A. was like burning down, mm. um, we had to evacuate. I took my shot glass collection outside and it just broke everywhere. So no. most of them are broken and my parents are like, well, now you just got to travel to all those places again. That's so, right. But, you know, I have stuff from China, you know, Canada, Serbia, Mexico, wow. Hawaii. Anywhere I go, I try to definitely collect a shot glass. So I brought yeah. a couple of them. Um just as like a reminder of where I've been and they're For easy sure. to kind of collect. So I love that. But just as a shout out, other things I like is uh, Donald Duck. So <laughs> is what? <laughs> Donald Duck. Don like, why do you love Donald Duck? I grew up loving animation. <laughs> okay. I was an animation major. All right. So I have a Donald Duck collection, but oh. I decided to bring the more adult thing. But you I do love it. What, now, what does a Donald Duck collection mean? What is in this Donald Duck collection? Um, I mean, everything from like little figurines, yeah. like stuffed animals. Oh, this is good. No one I knew have, this. No, no yeah. I have. Uh, one of my friends, um, he actually makes stuff out of wood. So he carved like wood Donald Ducks and painted them. <laughs> oh, wow. And I have them like hanging around my house and stuff. So okay, yeah, we are. I'll like... send you some pictures of it. <laughs> yes, but, but you got to put the watermark on it. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. the Donald Duck watermark. The yeah. Donald Duck collection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the last thing that we like to do here at In The Zone is give you an opportunity to pay homage to someone who's helped pave the way for your success in your career. It could be a family member, a yeah. friend, could be someone that you've admired from afar. Maybe it's a, a mentor. Yeah. Maybe it's one of the athletes who helped kind of connect some dots for you. Yeah. Um, but if I give the, the floor to you, turn it over to you and say, Cassie Athena, who do you want to pay homage to? Well, I definitely feel like I've mentioned my parents and also Josh. Like those mm. three people have helped me go through a lot of stuff. So yeah. they're in it. Yeah. Um, as far as a mentor, um, there's a guy named Arnold Turner and he's an OG photographer, you know, in L.A. He shoots a lot more events, celebrities, yeah. album covers, everything. And when I was first starting off, I was a lot more um, like basketball season when basketball season was going, I would be shooting music artists, events, Hollywood. And I came across him and he always encouraged me to like, don't feel like because you're the odd person out because I'd be the only female shooting. He's like, use it to your advantage or, mm -hmm. you know, don't let people boss you around, like control the photo. If you want a group photo, tell them to line up. So he really mentored me. He never felt threatened by me. I've had a lot of photographers kind of like push me away. He yeah. embraced me. And to this day, we're still good friends. Um, he's the OG. Like if, if you have a photo by Arnold and you're in like the entertainment world, that's a big deal. So I definitely have to give him credit because he changed my confidence more than I can, you know, describe. So, yeah, I'd give okay. it to him. All right. It was a good shout out. Yeah. Paying homage to him. Well, yeah. I want to pay homage to you. It's been fun getting to know you recently and watching your career from afar and yeah. just being like, who is this Cassie <laughs> Athena and how is she everywhere? But the photos that you uh, have shared with the world, obviously a photo tells a thousand words. You've uh, shared millions of them with yeah. everyone. And I can't wait to see what is next for Cassie Athena. Yeah. But thank you for being here today. And I mentioned homage. Yeah. They wanted to give you a little something too. So this is a custom t-shirt. <laughs> oh I know you have gosh. your own line. But we got a custom shirt for you. And because you know I love collecting stuff, we made limited edition, only printed five of these, your very own trading card, <laughs> Cassie Athena in the zone card. So we printed five. We're going to have you autograph oh. all five of them. 
One is for you. One is going to go on our wall of fame with all of our other guests. That's so three cool. are going to be given away on social media to our fans and followers. We'll let you know how <laughs> you can win those. So stay plugged in right here. Cassie, Athena, thank you for being here. And thank you for getting in the zone. Thank you. This has by far been the best podcast I've ever been on. I just have to say that. <laughs> okay. It's her first podcast. She's no, it's not. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cassie. Thank All right. You. Before you get out of here, you got to make it official. You got to sign your cards. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Slivovitz? Slivovitz. Slivovitz. Yes. Okay, I'm getting better. Slivovitz. I'm going half shot. Okay, yeah. you could do full for me. Oh, really? We're good. That's good. Okay, yeah. I mean, you were going. You were talking it up there. Okay. Yeah. All right. To getting in the zone. Givali. Givali. The second one is easier. It's a little smoother now, right? The second one's smoother. There. (laughs) And we're out.